0: We're just gonna get right into it. And um man, I just talk about the day of days where like, you know, usually we have a little bit of time where we can go to the cafe and get something to drink or just chill before we have worship. You know how we're over here, we're playing rang all right. And so it was just all worship and prayer, and ain't no wrong with that. If the Holy Spirit flows like that, go with the flow. You just go with the flow, like Pastor Joey says, Amen. And so talking about the day of days where God puts it on my heart. He says Talk about reclaiming your spiritual authority. Reclaiming your spiritual authority. You know, I I was here, and one of the things that, you know, I heard, and Gilbert had a word from the Lord, he said that we're going to be ambassadors. We're going to be vessels. He's going to use us. Amen? He's going to use you, but first, know this you need to reclaim your spiritual authority. Amen? Youth. You guys, right here. Reclaim your spiritual authority. Amen? Let's go to the Word. Let's go to the Word in Luke ten, nineteen. Work the Word, somebody. When you're there, say amen. I Just heard one person. When you're there, say amen. Amen. We have it up here on the karaoke screen, so I'll just go ahead and read. It says like this. It says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and the scorpions and to overcome the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Come on, somebody. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Nothing. Nothing. Talk about your spiritual authority. Jesus says, I have given you the authority. I've given you the authority. But how many of us are walking and living in that authority? We talk about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God himself, on the flesh, God in flesh, gave us the authority. But yet here are some, some people, Christians, they are just living a weak Christian says, I gave you the authority. We're talking about reclaiming your spiritual authority. Amen? Amen. The first thing you have to know about reclaiming your spiritual authority before you start saying, man, I got the power to step on the devil. I got the power to step on the devil. You know? Before you get into that, before you get on like, let's do some warfare, you have to know some things. You have to be in step with the Spirit. Come on, somebody, you have to be in step with the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit. Amen. I was thinking my notes. I'm looking here, and I put down: you need to have the right view. You need to have the right view. You need to be in step with the Holy Spirit. This Holy Holy Spirit Holy Spirit. Need to be in step with the Holy Spirit. You know. One thing, when we go out there witnessing, a lot of people have the concept or the idea or they view God as the enemy. Man, God, you know, I'm, if I give my life to God, I'm going to have to change some things. I'm gonna go, how many of you guys today, when you were preaching, it's just like, oh, man, God, right. You know, um, I'm doing some things. And they're telling you some of the things that they're doing. It's just like, well, I'm going to stop doing that. But I know it's a choice of good and bad. And, you know, I'll think about that, you know. Not only is this a message for you, but this is a message for the people that don't know Christ. You need to have the right view of God. Okay? And I'm going to give you a story, a true story. And um, a pastor said this, and it was passed down from, like, pastors and pastors, not old time, but just from church to church. And it was a true story, and it's a great example of how we can look at God. Okay? And it's a great example. And so one day there was this lady, and she was working, and she was working, and her boss said, I her boss asked her to stay overtime, get the work done. We need you to stay. Please get this done tonight. She's like, okay, I'll do it. You know, so she stays late at night. She gets the job done. Bam. She clocks out. She leaves. She goes to her car. She's walking to her car, opens up the car, gets in, turns it on, and starts driving away. As soon as she leaves her work parking lot, a truck just comes behind her. She's driving right behind her. So at first it's just like, well, it's late at night, usually you don't find people on the streets right now, especially, you know, whatever. So she was just driving and she's going down and she notices that as she goes down for a while, the truck is right behind her, it's following her. So she didn't really want to panic, she didn't really want, oh, you know, coincidence, ah, we've got the same route, whatever. So she's driving, she's driving, she gets on the highway. This lady gets on the highway, she notices that the truck is still following her, okay? So now she's a little bit more concerned. It's like, okay, well, maybe it's not coincidence. You know, I'm just going to play around. You know, when someone's following you, you like to test it. You like to switch lanes. And if they're following you, they what? They switch lanes too. So that's what she did. She's on the highway, and she goes all the way to the left-hand lane, you know, the fast lane. She's there. Truck is just right behind her. Boom, boom, boom. Everywhere she goes, in which lane she goes, the truck follows her. So now, she's panicking. She's afraid. She's like, oh my goodness, this guy is following me. So to be sure, she gets off an exit that's not even her exit, but she just says, you know what, maybe he's just, I'll take this exit. So she's quickly, and she gets off abruptly on an exit, and the truck, right behind her. So now, fear grips this lady. What runs through her mind? I need to call the authorities. I'm driving. I just can't stop. I need to get to somewhere safe. What do you do when something like that happens? You get to somewhere where there's light. You don't stay by yourself. You don't just park the car and just like, uh, no, you get to somewhere where there's light where there's people around. So in her mind, she thought, you know what? I'm getting to the nearest gas station and I'm going inside there and I'm calling the authorities. So she's going. She sees the gas station. She can see the light from far away. She steps on it. The truck steps on it. She goes and she pulls into the, the gas station. She gets out. She gets out her car just closes the door, doesn't even care, and runs inside the gas station and turns around and just looks. The truck comes right behind her, parks the car. The man inside the truck gets out and runs to her car. And she's just like, what is going on? The man in the truck ran to her car, opens up her door, and reaches inside and grabs somebody and throws them on the floor but turned out to be there was a man inside the lady's car. The truck driver saw the man get inside the car and knew that that man was going to do something to the lady. So he took it upon himself when he saw the lady get out from the parkway. I'm following her. There's no way she's getting away. I need to help her out. You see that? This lady who was running away from the man in the truck had the wrong view of the person behind her. Had the wrong view of her Savior. Had the wrong view. He was trying to hurt me. But yet, lo and behold, that man in the truck saw and knew that that man in the backseat had no good intention. Reclaiming your spiritual authority. It's about being in step with the Spirit, having the right view of God. Amen. You first start with your identity. I am a child of God. Everybody say it here. I am a child of God. I can't hear you. I am a child of God. Y'all better say it like you are a child of God. I am a child of God. Come on now. I am a child of God. That's your identity. If you're a child of God, you better know that God loves you. And he's, trying not, he's not trying to harm you. Amen? He will never harm you. You know, well, how do you know? Well, how do I know I'm a child of God? You know anybody can claim they're a Christian. How do you know you're a child of God? Let's get into the word, Amen. Everybody open up their Bible to John 1 verses 12 through 13.. Amen. If you're there, say Amen. Amen. Some go ahead and read it to this. John 1 verses 12 through 13. 13. <laughs> Goodness, Lord, help me. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. i will say it again. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Born of God. I am a child of God. That's your identity. Never forget that. Never forget that. Because let me tell you, there's somebody who's going to try to make you forget that, and he's going to try this hardest. He's going to tell you lies, lies after lies, until you start believing, man, God don't love me. God don't love me. You know? I'll just I'll go to the scripture I wanted to share it. It goes with being a child of the Lord, but it's a famous uh, uh, passage that we used to go evangelizing, and um, it's found in First John. First John three. Oh, Gilbert's on it. First John three, nine. My Bible doesn't have First John three. Oh, there it is. Amen. First John three nine. No one who was born of God will continue to sin, because God's seed remains in him; he cannot go on sinning, because he has been born of God. Is that the right one, or that just—that's a little side note, but that's the right verse, okay? So I just was just that kind of little rabbit trail. Anyways, going back, reclaiming your spiritual authority—you know, reclaim it. It's yours. You know, you're Cindy. You're a child of God. Claim your spiritual authority. It starts with your identity. You're a what? You're a child of God. What's next? What's next? Yeah, I'll tell you what's next. Change needs to come. You know, no one can say you're a child of God, but yet still live the same lifestyle you used to live, and yet there be no change. Amen? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, we know that there are fruits of the Spirit. Amen? Love, joy, peace, patience. Ooh. You know, you have to change. You can't say, well, I'm born of God, but you're still the same. And let me tell you something. Change doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen overnight. So don't quit up on God when you don't see the change the next day. It's like, man, I pray that awesome prayer. And just like, man, no, what changes is your will. What changes is your heart. I choose to serve God. I am a child of God. That's what changes. You know, your actions might not change, but they will get there through the power of the Holy Spirit. He's working inside you. Work out your salvation," Paul says. "The soul needs fixing. doesn't happen overnight. The soul needs to be transformed, and it only happens at the cross. It only happens at the cross. Jesus Christ crucified. You can change. You can change. I'm not over here preaching an Obama message where change, uh, 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 I'm talking about Jesus Christ where it's change, physical, spiritual change. Amen? It happens. Not some promise or a fairy tale that we wish it can get better. No, it can happen. It can happen. Amen? Amen. You know, and um, I want to put this in there like a little side note, but it goes with some of the reasons that you may not be changed is because the soul, and everybody has a soul, the soul is dominating the spirit rather than the spirit dominating the soul. You know, we have a will, we have desires, we have wants. But yet, what the spirit wants is contrary to what our flesh wants. Amen? So, what changes? My heart. I say, God, I want to live for you, I want to give my life to you. I am a child of God. Your heart changes. So now we're in this body and we have flesh and we have desires and wills that don't line up with the will of God. Amen? So that's why the Bible says live by the Spirit. Live by the Spirit. Don't let your soul dominate the Spirit. Let God's Spirit dominate you. And I want to let something to you guys know. That sounded horrible. I want to share something with you that a lot of people sometimes get confused. They like, said, well, if God is God and he can change me, why doesn't the Spirit like, take control of my life and change me? You know, so I want God, but why doesn't his Holy Spirit come down and change me? Wouldn't it be easier if you just say, God, I want you, his Holy Spirit comes down and you just automatically change? You don't have to do nothing, you just change. Wouldn't that be easy? Yeah, but God gave us a choice. God never forces it upon us. God never forces it upon us. You understand that you walk through Christ. God's going to put you in situations. He doesn't force you. He gives you a choice. What are you going to do? Life by the Spirit, be in step with the Spirit, Amen. Amen. <coughs> this is a point that I just love. God is after a transformation of your soul that can only come from the spirit. He wants to change you from the inside out. This is a song by Hillsong, they not may know it, and some of you we sang it here a couple times. You know it goes From the inside out of oh my soul cries out, but it talks about how God will change you from the inside out. You see? Not from the outside in, but he wants to change your heart. You see, if he can get your heart on the matter, he got you. You know, but you still need to be in step with the Spirit. Amen? I was sharing with Jasmine and Gilbert today, as we're witnessing, sometimes, you know, there are just songs out there just Holy Ghost inspired. Go ahead, and when you have your own prayer time, go ahead and sing yourself a song see if it won't get you woo in the spirit. Amen? And i will tell you, there are some songs that are just like, Jesus, you're the lover of my soul. Jesus, I will never let you go. You've taken me from the mighty, set my feet upon the rock, and, and now I know. You claim that for yourself. Now I know I'm a child of God. Amen? Amen. So reclaiming your spiritual authority. First, be in step with the spirit. And knowing your identity, I'm a child of God. Now, here's the setup. Here's the setup, and here's how we're going to do it. You know, we talk about it, but let's do it, and we're going to set you up. And it's found in the book of James. Everybody turn to James 119. 119. Let me get there. See James don't play around. He just keeps it straightforward. Ain't no hiding around the corner. Ain't no beating around the bush. James tell you like it is. Amen. Amen. When you guys are there, just say amen, just so I can know I can go ahead and read. It. Amen. Come on. James one nineteen says this. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to and slow to speak and slow to become and slow to become angry. Angry. That's your setup. How do you reclaim your spiritual authority? Be quick to, slow to, and slow to. Be quick to listen to what? Be quick to listen to God's word. Be quick to listen to God's word on the matter rather than your own thoughts. Be quick to listen to it. And then right after it, James says, and be slow to speak. How many times when God tells you to do something, you're just, wait, wait, wait a minute, God, wait, wait a minute, wait, 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 God, you're telling me I got to do that? You want me to preach over there? But wait, wait I, you know, I'd rather preach to them because, you know, they'd be more receptive over there. It's just like they're just like, ah, they're God-haters, God haters, God. Oh no, no, wait, 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 God, we'll hold on a second. Wait, wait. Be quick to listen. Be slow to speak. And I love the next part because it's so just so practical, and you can tell he was thinking, Holy Ghost inspired, him. Be, and be and be slow to become angry. Why do you think he said that? <laughs> Why do you think James said that? Be slow to become angry. Be slow to become angry. Why? Because you're not going to like what God wants you to do. What you're going to be quick to hear and slow to speak is going to tick you off. It's just going to be like, ah, what? The Bible says, God says, "For my ways are not your ways. Get that in your mind, young people. You don't appeal to you first. 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 Because if you appeal to you first, you're appealing to the view of the person who doesn't see that guy in the back seat. You don't have the right view if you appeal to you first. If you say, you know what, God, that's not good for me. I'm going to do this. You know? And sometimes it can be so deceiving and the devil is going to put a lie in front of you. What God clearly speaks out when he says, do this. But you... Say, you know what? That's a little too hard. I'm not going to do that, but I'll do something close to it. You know? So in your mind, you're like, well, God, I'm not disobeying you, but yet I'm not doing your word. So it's like, you know what? I'm safe. I'm in that little zone where, God, you can't do anything because I'm still, you know, I'm still evangelizing, or I'm still preaching, or I'm still praying. You know? Be slow to anger. Let me tell you something, especially for the young people, especially for adults, just for everybody. Getting mad, getting mad, especially when God won't change a thing, it'll make the situation worse. It'll make the matter worse. It'll be harder for you because God's going to have his way. Amen? Amen. Look at Jonah. <laughs> Don't argue. But he found himself in the belly of a fish. Well, for you guys? What? You guys want to be found in a fish? Sherman, shaking his head yes. What's wrong with you, boy? Come on. Here it is. Be slow. Be quick to listen. Slow to. Slow to. Be quick to. Listen. Be slow to. Slow to, become, slow to become angry. He sets us up. Reclaiming your spiritual authority. Giving the right view. And let me tell you something. I, I want to share this first. I wrote this down because God gave me this. It's just like, man, I'm writing it down, God, because I'm not going to forget it. And here it is. Here's the goal. When it comes to reclaiming your spiritual authority, here's the goal. Everybody, all eyes up here. Here's the goal of reclaiming your spiritual authority. Here it is. When Satan lies to you about spiritual issues that undermine your confidence Insecurity in Christ Jesus, you name the lie and insert God's truth. See, when the devil comes around knocking, try to knock you off your ground, he try to mess with your mind and say, that's not not what you want. That's not what's best for you. You have to name that lie and insert God's truth. Insert God's truth. I hate anything that's not the truth. That has to be in your heart. I hate everything that's not the truth because if it's a lie, the Bible says that the devil is the father of lies. Amen? So here it is. I want to share something with you. And in in this, we're going to keep it short, but I want to have a time of prayer because this is a testimony. And the reason why God put this on my heart was we claim your spiritual authority. Something happened, you know, in my life where it was just, man, powerful. You know, and, and I'll share it right now. And, you know, I was, last Saturday, I was at a, um, I was at a wedding. My uncle got married. Two of my uncles got married. And my, my grandparents celebrated their 50th, 50th, I'm getting tongue-tied, 50th wedding anniversary. So we celebrated the three in one. And it was beautiful. We had a morning service, you know, where they did the vows and everything was just beautiful. And, you know, afterwards we had a lunch and then later on in the day, we rented out a banquet hall that only family, specifically family, at that time later on in the night, only family could come. Okay, and so we were having a beautiful day. You know, everybody was dressed nice, everybody was looking nice, and it was just fun. You know, we go to the hall and we're enjoying ourselves. You know, you know, uh, my uncle pays for mariachis to come, and they were just, man, I don't know if y'all just seen some mariachis. They get down, Jesus, but we were just having a good time. But I remember remember seeing someone in the hall. And I know if they were there, they were either related to me or they were a really, really close friend. So basically they were a family, you know. I remember old buddy coming in. He comes out with a a button-up shirt, and it was a short sleeve. And um, it caught my eye because he had like this dark blue navy stripe on both sides of his shirt. And he came in with like a, a baby blue shirt. Everybody was, you know, dressed in a you know, suits and everything, he comes in like that, and he comes out. he stands up, I'm like, oh, cool, and I look closely, and there were like crosses on his, um, on his shirt, so I'm like, ooh, you know, that's a, that's a nice shirt, you know, I'm already feeling it, because it has crosses, you know, represent, what well, what, and the guy's walking, and he's saying hi to people, and he turns around, and what I see in the back of his shirt is Jesus on a cross, with the thorns on his head, so I'm just like, I got to talk to old buddy because I am filling his shirt. Amen. We're going to, you know, he's representing for the Lord. Also, I was thinking. So I was thinking. So I remember him coming around. He come by. I was just keeping an eye on him. Like, where is he going? You know, later on, I want to talk to him maybe. And he says hi to people. And he sits down for a little bit. And I remember him getting up and then going straight to the bar. He goes straight to the bar. So I'm like, okay, man. <clears throat> he's celebrating. Maybe he's just going to have like a, you know, wine or whatever. He's just, you know, just celebrate. Just a toast, you know. But I remember him just standing there and sitting there. And he was you know, drinking one after the other. I kept my eye on him. And it was just like weird because I was trying to enjoy myself. And I was enjoying myself. You know, don't get me wrong. But, you know, when you pray to God, God, give me a broken heart. It's so God, give me a broken heart. And we do that a lot. Here at Metro, and you know that should be your prayer when you go home. You know, God, give me a broken heart. And it's funny because when you pray that, you better believe God's gonna give you a broken heart. The thing was, I just wasn't expecting a broken heart at a like at a party or the celebration of my uncle's wedding and my grandparents, you know, doing their vows again. See, I wasn't expecting to have a broken heart there. I was just like, God, what is going on? <laughs> I'm trying to enjoy myself here, and I'm feeling sad that this guy is over here getting drunk via his shirt has you on the cross. So I was thinking to myself, like, God, it doesn't make sense because if he knew what was on his shirt, he wouldn't be doing that. He wouldn't be doing that. So it broke my heart. So you know what? I tried to let it go throughout the night, but it was just in there, and it wouldn't leave. I was like, okay, you know what? Cool, cool, cool. So I just started sitting down. And remember, I sat down, just looking at this guy, and I just wanted to come to tears, but I couldn't. It's just that that would have been so not the setting. So I'm like, okay, Adam, you can you can do this. Come on. So I told my mom, mom, can can I can I leave? Can I be excused from the entire fest festivity? She's like, Adam, can you stay for a little bit longer? You know, it's you know we're celebrating here. It's like okay, okay. So I walk outside, and I walk into like the general lounge area, and I see cousins of mine. You know my. You know, my first cousins, my second cousins, I know them by face because younger we used to see each other, but we were never really close. But I know them. They're family. And I see them, and one of them says, Hola, como estas, primo? Like, hey, what's up, cousin? You know, I'm just like, hey, what's up? How you doing? I'm I'm good, you know. And I look at her hands, and she has a drink in her hand. And it ain't no Pepsi. It ain't no water. It's an alcoholic beverage. And I'm like, whoa. whoa. And I point her out, and this girl is younger. She's about your age, maybe 16, 17, young. She's over here. I'm like, whoa, 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 what's that in your hands? And she says it with so much pride. She was just like, liquor, duh, what else is in my hand? It's like, what kind of question is that? And I just looked at her, I'm just like, that better not be your liquor. What do you do with that? And automatically her reaction changes, like, whoa. She saw that I wasn't down with that. She saw that I wasn't cool with her doing that. So she was like, Oh, well, well, I'm holding it for my tia. You know, she's in the bathroom, so I'm holding it. She's saying she was holding it for her aunt. She was lying. Well, I can't judge your heart. God forgive me for that one. But but how she was so proud of saying, You know, yeah, this is what I'm doing drinking. And so right then I just couldn't take it anymore. I go back and said, I'm like, Mom, you know, at that time my brother was leaving, and I said, Mom, I need to go. I need to go. Because God was still giving me a broken heart. It was growing. It was growing. I was just like, man, God, you know, great timing. You know, so I go home and I pray. I couldn't do nothing else but pray. You understand? When you pray for a broken heart and when God gives you that broken heart, that's a gift to have a broken heart. Better know that because not every time you're going to have a heart for the lost. So when God gives you a broken heart, that's a gift. What do you do? You pray. You pray for the lost. Amen? So I go home and nobody was home, so um, I usually pray in my room, but since nobody's home, I, I flip on the PS3, and I go on the Internet, I put on YouTube, and I just start listening to different music, worship music, and I just start crying out for my family. You know, I just start saying my second cousins, and I just start just naming people in my family, and I just start crying out for them. But God save them. God save them. And going off of reclaiming your spiritual authority. I was thinking to myself, you know, I know what? Every Sunday morning in service when we have prayer, there's always a time of warfare. There's always a time when you come to step on the devil's head and be like, devil, we rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Get out. Get out. We tell the devil, we call him out just like it is. It's like, you a liar. You have no authority. For God gave us the authority. Amen? God gave us the authority. So you know what? I'm praying in my house. You know, the lights are off in the living room. It's at 12 o'clock. Everything was done over at the party at 2. So I'm over here praying by my own. And the lights were off, and so I opened up my eyes because in our living room we have furniture and I don't want to stub my feet. So I'm just like I like I did here. I was pacing back and forth and I was praying and I was calling it out. And then the mind came set, the mindset came like, you know what? Warfare. Bring it. Bring it. Oh. So right away I'm just like, man, you know what, devil? I'm gonna rebuke you. I say, Devil, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. Get out of my family. I'm walking. Mind you. I was already praying for like about 10, 15 minutes. I was just walking back and forth. I'm walking. And as soon as I say that, across, I was in the living room. This is my dining room. If y'all been in my house, you would know you've seen it. But I see a shadow just run across from the corner of my eye. I froze. I froze. I just seen it. Oh, Well, that was real. It wasn't like a casting of a shadow or something. No. I was like, oh, oh. So I froze up. I froze up. Real story. Check this out. I turned to the side. And I just say, Devil, and I'm looking in my dining room. I'm not pointing to anything specific. I'm not pointing to the candle. No, I'm saying, Devil, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And there it goes again, right in front of me, a shadow. Devil, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. There they go, boom, boom. I rebuke you, and I'm over here. I rebuke you. I rebuke you. I rebuke you. And there they are, boom, boom, boom. I was like, Oh, Jesus. So I'm over here pacing back and forth, uh, and there was a little bit of unpeace in my heart because of what I've just seen. It was just like, holy, oh, Jesus. And I just started getting worried. Are they in my family? What's going on? Devil, I rebuke you. Jesus, that ain't no joke. So I go, I'm just praying, and I'm praying. I'm just doing my thing. God, you know, give me strength to cast out this devil. And I start praying, and I don't know if this ever happened to you, but when it happened, it caught me off guard. Cause I wasn't expecting to see a shadow run across. You know, we rebuke the devil over here. I don't see no shadows running across. It's in the spiritual. You can't see it. But I got to see it that time. I got to see it. And that gave me the whoa. Caught me a little bit off guard. But he phased he, he me. So I go in. I'm like, man, God, what's going on? I quickly, I go get my Bible, flip the lights on, and start getting in God's word. Start getting in God's word. When the devil comes messing around, you do, you get in your word. You get in your sword. You fight back. Amen. The devil gets in your face. He try to scare you. He try to punk you. Hell on. I said, I got the authority. Jesus Christ gave me the authority. Punk. Amen. Call him out for what he is. So I'm over here. I'm getting to my word. And then you know, I said, I had a little bit of unrest in my heart. I said, Oh my gosh, God. So I do one of them things. I usually never do this. I just flip the Bible open and, you know, there it is. There it is. You know, God shows me. See, I have a student fire Bible. Amen. And so I open it up, and it's in Jeremiah 33, and it talks about restoration of the Israelite people, right? And the next page, it has a page of notes, and it talks about the peace of God. Amen, somebody. I just felt a little bit of unrest. and just like, oh, I just saw the, the demons. I cast you out. And God gives me peace. But yet still the whole entire night, it was just like, man, you know what? I was still thinking about it. I'm like, the devil is hiding in my family. You know, he's trying to influence them away from the cross. So I'm over here, you know, I'm praying. You know, I pray myself to sleep that night. So I wake up the next morning. We come to church in the service. And I'm over here just on the battle line, ready to do warfare. And sure enough, here comes Brother Ish, Elder Ish. He comes up here. And you know when this comes up here, it's not for warfare. We don't play around here. We cast out the devil. You better believe it's not a fight against flesh and blood, but a spiritual. It's a spiritual fight. But I believe that. So we're up here, and he's casting out the devil. And devil, we rebuke you, Satan. We rebuke you. And I remember God gave him a word. God gave him a word. He said, "I see God putting me on top of a mountain." And he says we have the downhill victory. We have the downhill victory. If anybody knows about anything about war and fighting, you know, if you have the advantage, if you're higher up, you have the advantage. The person trying to attack up has no power. Th- they can't do it. It's basically whoever has the advantage in the higher ground, they win. They win. It's impossible to. You, it's hard to attack up. You can't. So when he said that word, I was just like, man. God put it in my heart, Adam. I will use you and others to preach to your family. But just know that you have the downhill victory, Amen. You have the downhill victory. And just yesterday, I'm seeing God be promised keeping His promise. Just yesterday, uh, I was getting, you know, ready for, you know, obviously today to preach, and I was praying. And um, God put it in my heart to share with my little cousins. They were staying over for the entire week because they stayed for. The wedding. And they were there for the entire week. And I see them yesterday. And they were just on YouTube listening to music. So I go down there and I just share a little bit about God. Just start talking about worship and who God is. And you should have seen their faces. They were so just in tune. It's like boom, boom, boom. And right there, Adam just, Adam, you got the downhill victory. You got the downhill victory. And right there, I remember I just shared a little bit. I was there for maybe about 10 to 15 minutes. And I was done. I go back upstairs. I'm about ready to sleep. Here's someone come to the door. Adam? I'm like, yeah? Uh. So I quickly run out there and see what she wanted. She just was feeling a little bit of unrest because I started talking about, you know, God and the devil. And she, as soon as I said devil, she just like, oh, she was a little bit afraid. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go pray for her. So I went and prayed for her and tell her, you know what? God has your back. Give your life to the Lord. See God. Get in your word. You know? And right then and there, as I was leaving, she was like, Adam, I'm like, yeah, thank you. I'm like, for oh, God, God, you see, God is faithful to his word. God is faithful to his word. Amen. Reclaiming your spiritual authority. It's yours. It's yours. And I was going to invite Leilani up here for the keys, but we don't need keys to prayer, Amen. I seen it earlier. We just had a Holy Ghost fire. No worship, just here, Bam. So what I want to do right now, everybody just close your eyes. We're not going to make this a formal altar call. I'm just saying, if you want to reclaim your spiritual authority, if you want to reclaim the spiritual authority of your family, if you want to reclaim the authority, your God-given authority that the Lord gave to you to cast out devils, to lay hands on the sick, and they may be healed in Jesus' name, If you want to reclaim that, I invite you up to the front. Listen to me quickly. If you don't want it, if you just see people coming up here just to come up here, don't come up. You're coming up here if you want it. And if this is something I need and I know I can't go without, come up here. Come up here. Amen. Brother, if I could just have you come up to the front. We're just going to have to lay hands on the people and pray for them. Just go ahead and invite the Holy Spirit in this place. Go ahead. Don't wait for the the loud shouts to come. Don't wait for that to come. It's going to start in your heart. We learned today it starts in your heart, within the Holy Spirit. Make the choice in your heart that, God, I need you. God, I want you in my life. you reclaim your spiritual authority? Amen.